Crude oil is back above $100 a barrel today again. And we want to talk all about the energy sector. Our panel is ready to go. Tamar Esner, principal at Vectis Energy Partners and Dutch Masters, founder of Carnivore Trading. Thank you both for being with us. So um, as we, I was looking through, Dutch, you were just saying here, everything is going to cost more permanently, including oil. Why is that? I know you've written a few articles on oil, too, to say the least. Yeah, well, we have uh, basically spent 30 years uh, with relatively low commodity prices compared to other asset classes. So uh, we've had the luxury of enjoying those low commodity prices for a long time. And we think that we're seeing a, a major repricement in commodities across the board, including oil. We don't think that there's going to be a, a pullback of any enormous amount. We believe that, of course, they will fluctuate and inflation will moderate. Hopefully, uh, we can believe uh, Chairman Powell and what he said uh, yesterday, and we we happen to believe that he's probably right. We'll see it come back a little bit in the second half, and and even more in 2023. But I think everything is going to cost more forever. Understood. So tomorrow, your thoughts? You expect to see the swings continue as well, right? What do you mean? Could you elaborate? Sure. I think that we will see longer of a period of higher prices for a longer period of time. I don't know about forever, forever's a long, a long time, but to add on to what Dutch said, we've been under investing in oil and gas for a long time now. Um, so Wall Street and uh, financial regulators and the government have been very consumed with this idea of the energy transition. Um, and they have been under the erroneous belief that we can make a full uh, transition to renewable uh, fuels and technologies and that, and that there will be no place for fossil fuels in that long-term energy mix. And it doesn't take into account that oil fields naturally decline. So you need to continually reinvest just to maintain baseline production. So I, what I think we're seeing now is, is that there is there has been a little bit of a pullback in demand because consumers are reacting to the higher prices, but that pullback in demand is not nearly um, large compared to what we've seen in terms of the, the curtailment of supplies as a result of the war in Ukraine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and we see it right here, by the way, at 103.82. Dutch, to your point earlier about the high prices, and um, now, you know, there's a lot of concerns about shortages, once again, as we're pushing off we're getting Russian oil, which Russia is not the huge supplier to the United States, but some of the move today, the surge today, is being attributed to shortages or possible shortages. What do you think of that, Dutch? Well, the great uh, thing that we know to be true about commodities, and Tora probably agree with me on this, is that the cure for high commodity prices is high commodity prices. Um, you either get a slowdown in demand, as she was talking about, it hasn't slowed down as much as, as, as the supply constraints. But the supply constraints get picked up when you get high commodity prices, people start producing. So, you know, that's why we think oil is going to probably hover around $100 a barrel. Sure, it's going to go to 90. It'll go to 110 or 115 or something like that. What we're concerned about in terms of a tax against uh, businesses and a, a tax to our GDP and our productivity is if we start to see oil flying over 120, um, that'll, that'll be an area of concern for us if it, if it persists above that rate. Um, but, yeah, with respect to everything else, I think uh, – 
I think we're going to see higher prices across the board and that we need to get used to it. I think that employers are already figuring out that they've got to pay people more money um, to do their jobs and to stay where they are and live live in, in places that, you know, have tripled in value. Rents have gone up where I live. You know, what used to be $1,200 a month is now $4,800 a month. So, I mean, uh, we're, we're, in a, we're in a little bit of a spiral here on the inflationary side. Right. And, and, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Tamar, as you look at the factors that are driving oil one way or the other um, and what OPEC Plus is doing, you know, some of these other nations, Saudi Arabia and Libya and all the other countries, um, you know, the Russian, the Russian debt that we're seeing as well. What are your thoughts on some of the other countries and what other factors drive the oil prices one way or the other? What can we watch for? Well, we're really keen to see if there is a deal between U.S. and Iran on a, on a nuclear um, deal, because that could bring immediately um, some 500,000, 2 million barrels a day. We think it's a binary outcome. So either we'll get a deal with Iran or else Saudi will pump more oil. Um, those are really the two only two countries where we could see immediate um, supplies added to market. I think that the Saudis are going to be and, and have expressed real reluctance to play ball here. They're really keen to uh, keep their alliance with Russia, the OPEC plus alliance intact. Um, we've seen them sort of move away gradually from uh, the U.S. And so I think that also, given that they are very concerned about their own security situation vis-a-vis -vis Iran, that if they see that the U.S. moves forward with this rapprochement to, with Iran, they will be less, um, less inclined to add more barrels to market. If indeed the U.S. administration makes some security concessions to Saudi Arabia, um, then we ultimately could have an additional one million barrels a day incremental uh, supply from Saudi Arabia if there is some kind of deal. But I don't think you get both um, Iran and, and Saudi. I expect that uh, in terms of the U.S., production will actually increase this year um, by a million barrels a day. But that's based on plans that were already in place prior to the invasion. Um, but really, the, the room for upside uh, in the U.S. is mainly limited to the private producers. The public producers are maxed out because of um, budgetary uh, restrictions, um, inability in terms of lack of license from their shareholders to, to add more rigs and all the supply chain issues. So um, it is a pretty tight market overall in terms of how do we get up to that, right. making up that gap of barrels a day that we'll lose from Russia. Right. And as we're all paying more at the pump, uh, shareholders and investors are, are doing well because they've gotten some good returns and dividends as well. Though, you know, the group has been a tough one to own over the last 10 years, but it's done well. Good to see you, Tamara Esner and Dutch Masters. Thank you very much.